0: Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. Hey everybody, Todd Crandall. I am your host from Ignite Euphoria and I have an awesome podcast in store today with one Randall Dombey. How are you, sir?
1: Good, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good i We were talking just before we started this day. I haven't done one of these in since July, and we're now in november and The first thing that comes to my mind is you came up and asked me to do this last Saturday. we were out at Mason's hockey game, yeah, so tell everybody you know let's start with that. why did you ask me to come on the show?
1: Yeah, uh, so. You know, I just thought that it would be a great concept. Um, I've had just uh, hit a milestone in my sobriety, which is five years, um, which is pretty crazy, you know, to me. And I came through this amazing um, lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, I just thought I think it's a good time, you know, maybe just to come back. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the the ups, downs, what sobriety brings um, you know in the midst of five years so
0: I love it. Uh, so you have you have over five years and how how old were you when I first started seeing you? Uh,
1: um, I was probably twenty four twenty five something like that. And you're
0: how old now? 30. Well, you're talking here. What about back in the office? This is I'm going back when you first came in.
1: Back in your old office. Yeah. Um It was probably 20 Man, maybe 22? Okay. Yeah, maybe 22.
0: So the reason I'm bringing that up is and it goes back to you having I call it you having the courage to come up and talk to me like that. Not oh, yeah. not that you wouldn't come up and talk to me, but right. saying, hey, I want to go on the podcast. That, to me, resonated because it shows self-esteem. Yeah, There's a lot of pride in there. When I was right. out at Basil, <laughs> shameless plug for where you're an awesome chef out there right now, but when you came up and told me, hey, I've got five years and stuff, the right. first thing I thought of was like, I've known you for a long time, right, and to see you... Now, walking and living and exuding self-esteem is a beautiful thing, Randall.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, some of the podcasts that you, you've you done previously, um, it'd just be a cool concept to have someone that had maybe just, you know, not saying any diminishing anyone's time or nothing like that, but, um, you know, five years is a, a milestone and um, a lot can happen, so...
0: Well, let, let's start with that, because I have a, a bunch of questions for you, but feeding off of that, you are the first person who has gone through here, who I'm interviewing, who has that amount of time, and that says something. So normally, when people get a year, and I'll say, hey, do you want to do a podcast? A year seems to be, and it is, a year's a big yeah, milestone, yeah, but definitely. I've never done somebody that has five. So how about we start with this? What have you learned from years, you know, uh 1 to 5 that is going to make this different and maybe more effective for the listener than somebody that quote just has one? And again, mm-hmm. I'm not minimizing the yeah. one year, but right. what can you add to that?
1: You know, I think um at least for me, time just never has been like I've never really kept track of time. Um I always kind of live it day by day. And uh, yeah, I think one year is an an incredible accomplishment. And, but I think that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's a lot to learn. And there's even five years, there's still, I'm learning stuff every day about myself. Um, Mentally, you know, physically, emotionally, all the stuff we talk about Racing for Recovery. Um, you know, when I first came in, uh, you know, I was, wasn't was digging deep, you know. Oh. Digging deep into, you know, my soul and hmm. um, digging deep to fix myself um, mentally and emotionally. I was trying to fix myself on a, a surface level, you know. And I think that's... Um, for me, doesn't always work out the best.
0: Powerful statement. So let's, when you said you were trying to quote, fix yourself on a the surface level, what changed that you, what changed and when did it change where you're like, mm-hmm. hey, if I really want to get something out of being at Racing for Recovery, yeah. I have to do such and such. What right. What was that like?
1: Um. So it took me And this is just for me. I had to, it started with exercise, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of people know that, you know, I exercise a lot. Um, But man, that really helped me mentally kind of clear things up, Um, kind of give me my confidence, give me my self esteem, give me all these things that led to, um, that led me to be able to work on my, you know, mental aspect of my lifestyle. Um, you know, I just thought like any other treatment facility, oh, I go in, I, I do my worksheets, very surface level, okay, fix the problem, I will go back to living my lifestyle. But it, I realized once coming uh, to racing for recovery, it was more than that. And that first step I took was exercise. You know, so what were
0: you doing, exercising wise? I remember you being in the gym a lot, but yeah. that seem that's ha- has evolved. Yeah, right. Talk about that.
1: I think, um, I think having peers, you know, pushing me, peers keeping me accountable, helped me get into the gym. Um, I wasn't confident. I wasn't uh, a lot of different things. I had no self esteem, you know. And first coming in, I kind of glossed over those things like that. That really didn't matter, you know. It was just fixing the problem, which I thought the problem was drugs and alcohol. But it was a lot more than that, obviously. Yes.
0: So I, I, I didn't completely destroy my brain on drugs. <laughs> I can remember what I was going to ask you, but moving forward, so when you first came in, it was a lot of weight. Yeah. And then I've watched you. Yeah avid softball now. right now you're getting into a hot room and yeah. i even said to you the other day when we were talking i saw a picture of you and your yeah. body is like yeah transformed yeah but it's matching how you're speaking how right. you're feeling and how you're living
1: i uh you have to get uncomfortable for me i have to get uncomfortable because that's where growth happens we all hear that saying oh If you want growth, you have to be uncomfortable. Um, Lifting weights was always just something I love to do. Going to the hot room is completely out of my comfort zone. (laughs) It's something I can't stand. I hate it. I hate cardio. I hate running. But once I start doing it, I start liking it a little bit more and more, you know, so it's kind of this tug of war. Um, But I realized if I want to keep growing, I have to do the things I don't like to do.
0: So, and, and people may or may not know that my daughter Skylar runs <laughs> yeah, Hot Room. Yeah. We call her the, uh, the drill sergeant, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, that class is tough. Oh, yeah. And what I want to ask you about that, when you're, you're talking about it being difficult, it, it is difficult. It's a different thing than lifting weights. Yeah. But are you noticing, and I can use, you know, part of... Our, our podcast ignite euphoria let's use the word euphoria are you getting a different form and feeling of euphoria versus mm. weightlifting and what's that like
1: uh definitely um man i think uh just being able to slow my breath down be able to breathe um to help ease my mind you know throughout the day um I think it helps, like I said before, build confidence in myself that I can get through stuff, Mm. Um, adversity, uh, which translates into all aspects of my life, employment, relationships, uh, whatever I want to do.
0: Okay. So you mentioned adversity. What have you overcome (laughs) that you you mentioned that word and it, you know, Mm. talking about you know, hot room and breath work helping yeah. you to overcome that. Give us some examples of where you've overcome adversity.
1: Um, Man, there's been a lot of adversity through, you know, the past five years. Um, there's so many moments that I can think of. Uh, there's been adversity even, even with uh, weightlifting in the gym, where it's like, you know, I take a couple of days off and I get in that mindset of, I I don't want to do this you know Uh, I don't need to do this anymore Mm -hmm. right and I think that's a normal way of thinking you know um but I soon realized that why I do it why I go to the gym why I exercise you know and and I remember a couple times where you said it's like you don't want to run in the morning. You know, there's times where you you see your shoes, you're like, I don't want to go out and run, but I have to do it. Yep. You know, and it's that it's that mental aspect, and uh, when you get through it and you do it, you feel great about yourself.
0: You never feel badly for doing N- it. No. Never. Ever. I you know I had one of those things again today. I I can't do. I can still do some things physically, but right. I notice it's not. Maybe it's not as fluid as it used to be, right? right? So I've been. I ran a couple. I ran. Let's say Thursday. So I ran Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this mm. week. So I got up to you and i And your mind starts telling yep. you, I'm tired. I can take a day off. I don't of that. need to do this I don't anymore. Need to do it yeah. right. But I then it always comes back to how do you want to feel? And right. I'm like, I have four podcasts to do today. Right. I want to be my best to be active in these interviews, go out and ran. Right. Beautiful outside, saw some other people out doing right. it, Sunshine shining, you know, and that's, that's I think, a lot of what separates the doers in sobriety and those that don't.
1: And, you know, for me, it's like I'm a person that needs exercise. I need it. I need it so it makes me feel good. Yeah. I can be motivated yeah. in the day. When I don't exercise, I'm just like – I'm just not. I want to just sit on the couch, you know, eat a bunch of junk food, yeah. watch a couple movies. If I'm exercising, I feel good about myself. I eat better. I, um, my relationships obviously are better. Yeah. Um, I'm a better employee, huh. you know, all those things. It's like full circle.
0: Do you, well, I can keep asking you stuff and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing off of what you're saying. So go back to when you, during your addiction yeah. and when you weren't exercising and it was all yeah. yep. self-destruction. Talk a little right. about the comparison of the mindset now versus then.
1: Um, Man, uh, you know, I was a very miserable person. Um, I tried to, you know, obviously get a um, my dopamine, you know, I yeah. think of that word dopamine, yeah. my dopamine receptors were very like, at a certain level. And when I didn't reach that level, I was miserable. You know, and I didn't find enjoyment in anything. Um, you know, there's, there were times where I would go home and I would sit and try to watch TV and I was just so miserable and I was unhappy. Like entertainment was miserable to me, you know, and uh, trying to find a different way to get that dopamine in a healthy, positive way um, has changed my life.
0: So this is where I know that your words are really going to resonate with somebody. So now think back to when, when we first met, you know, eight, nine, right possibly even 10 years ago. It's been a long time. I had that little office on Monroe Street in Savannah. I'm just getting into this. You're coming in, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but so looking back at your mindset then, Mm -hmm. I in Racing for Recovery basically have been saying the same thing. Right. So what is it then that you finally looked and said, you know, I got to do some of this or I'm not going to get anything out of it. Right. Tell people what that was like.
1: So I remember you drawing the stick figure, the guy (laughs) in the middle, this is you. And, you know, you circled that stick figure and then branched off to all these different aspects. And at the time it was like, you know, um, I didn't really see it. I didn't really, you know, it's kind of like a haze. Like I didn't see the vision that you were seeing. And, um, once I fully started to um see and understand and it took me, you know, maybe one or two uh trying one of one or two of those aspects, it started to become a little bit more clear on how, wow, this I'm starting to finally understand what he's talking about. I'm starting to see like all these aspects are making me this person.
0: Was it 'Cause and I don't know this, but I think you had tried different help yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you come in and we're we're meeting one on one like this. You're coming to some of our support group meetings and now you're you're coming out of the haze. Are you what I wanna ask you, like, are you grateful of that? Are you resistant to that? What's that change like?
1: Hmm. I think I now I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for everything that I've been through, good and bad. Um, It's made me a better person. It's made me learn about myself. Um, You know, I think it, it takes time, you know, to really find what you like to do, you know? And I was fortunate enough to find that. I don't know, I think uh, like I said in the beginning, I didn't have self esteem or confidence mm-hmm. in myself to really say, Yeah, I can go do that. Mm-hmm. I can try some of these working on my emotional self mm-hmm. or um you know, always thought, Oh, you're a man, you should deal with it, you know wow. you should be able to deal with your emotions, you should be able to deal with um you know everything, you know. My dad is very, like, uh, doesn't deal with his emotions very well. He stuffs them down. And I thought that was the way I was supposed to act, you know. Um, come to find out, nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, but I found out that's not the way I'm supposed to
0: act. You know, I... That it, this is the difference between a year of sobriety and five, yeah, that awareness, so and it's not we're not bashing your dad, yeah. you understanding no. with empathy, yes, do you think being around that environment uh, that played a role in some of the emotional things you were going through, that drugs were a coping mechanism then
1: yeah, I definitely think that you know um. It definitely led to drugs being a coping mechanism. Um, I don't want to say it was his fault because I made the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he was doing the best that he could, you know? And I I dearly, you know, love my dad, you know? Uh, I have to realize the childhood he went through though as well, you know? Maybe his childhood wasn't the greatest and this is the only way he knew how to act
0: what did you learn from your dad that's good
1: um i learned my dad is big in lifting weights and that's like something he was always trying me to do like get me to do Mm. and then i just like never stuck with it and it truly had me realize like he was trying to get me to do this all along right but i just never listened um yeah. So I think that's like one thing that's like hits me sometimes It's like, yeah, I I could have been doing this a long time ago to make me feel good about myself.
0: What's uh what's the relationship like that you have with him now?
1: Uh it's great. I mean, I see him every once in a while. Um going to go over there for Thanksgiving. We talk, you know, sports, all that good stuff. Um He's happy for me, you know. He's and I you know, shit hmm. um, you know it hit me uh, he's proud of me, and he said that to me, and it 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 uh yeah, it fucked me up wow, it really it hit home, you know when he said that, and I know he wanted to say it, but when he finally did, I was like, damn. It kind of just like...
0: Was it relief that you had hearing that? Was it gratitude? What was that?
1: It was... There was a a lot of emotions, you know. Um, I don't know. I think I've always wanted to hear that. Uh, It was kind of relieving, you know. And... I don't know it just kind of it threw me off you know a little bit and uh but i think it's because of all the hard work i've been putting in Here you, you know and i don't know
0: well this goes back to when we started talking about self-esteem
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you just said it right there you earned this he didn't just tell you that no. based on you still doing drugs. Right. He told you that based on what he's seen you do for a number of years, right. and you earned that. Right. Because on the other side, and we can talk about your awesome mom. She was the yeah. the loving, kind, support yeah. rock there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I know you were getting, you know, both sides of this, and if you really can look at it with gratitude it's like well i got some toughness from my dad yeah. and i got some care from my mom right you know but the bottom line is though is you have taken both and and used them productively to get to where you are
1: yeah and you know i don't know i'm just grateful for where i'm at today to at least like have my parents there to support me because i know a lot of people Might not have both their parents or whatever situation. Um, You know, I'm just very grateful for the work that I put in to still have a healthy relationship with them.
0: Well, we we talked about your dad, so you can't leave your mom out in this, right? What was she talk about her role during your addiction, and then get into how she's been there in sobriety?
1: Um, My mom was a I would say an enabler. She's definitely enabled me to use drugs. Um, stayed in her house. Um, you know, always gave me whatever I wanted, you know. And that could have been my manipulation or whatever that might, we're going to call it, but... Because um, I think I definitely had some of the blame on that as well. Um, but I think that... I don't know. There was nights where she was probably scared, you know, couldn't sleep, um, wondering about that next phone call. And, you know, just to, she's always been there for me. She's always supported me through my recovery, through my addiction, and has always wanted what's best for me.
0: How does it feel to not know that your choices are worrying her, but yet they are enhancing her, bringing her relief, if you Um, will? I
1: think it's finally, like, let her be able to live her life, you know? And that's, like, I don't know. She was always worried about her kids, and now she can finally, like, just go live. She's doing that. Yeah, she's she's yeah. just doing it. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I think that's what it's about. And you know, I'm so grateful to have a a mother that's always been there, and I know I can call on her yeah. whenever. Um, any hard times. My relationship with her is always has been rocky, you know, definitely. But I think through sobriety, it's gotten a hundred times better. Where I can be open with her, honest with her, tell her how I feel. Um, whatever situation I'm going through, I can communicate that with her and she'll be there to listen. So
0: So we've been talking for, it's almost been a half hour already. Do you, I, I can keep asking you stuff, <clears throat> but I want to give you the <clears throat> chance. You, you probably have a lot on your mind that you want to say. So <clears throat> this is something you want to start talking about that then <clears throat> I can build off of.
1: Yeah, you kind of put me on the spot. I'm not really (laughs) sure. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure.
0: All right. Well, I'll do my job then, because I (laughs) just have a a ton of stuff. So I want to. There's a couple things I remember, and you're gonna. As soon as I start talking about this, you're gonna know what I'm talking about. But everybody in recovery. I don't even like using that term. Everybody who's turning their life around and is doing well, which you were at this point. Gets hit with, well, it's in our Cleveland book, The Four Big Ideas. And number three is we're not immune to life's hardships. And I remember that one critical moment where you're Mm -hmm. on Monroe Street, you know, and I was driving or whatever, and you had your friend or whatever, and you were about to make that decision. I want you to convey with passion what that felt like at that moment where you're being put in the position of, I can do this crap again. Or what do I need to do not to do it? And how that literally, in my view, Randall, right. that to me was the turning point yeah. in everything that you have now. Yeah, And I'm thinking of a kid who's can watch this right now and hear you describe that, that can make the right decision.
1: Yeah, I think, um, man, for me, it was just an eye-opening experience. You know, I don't think... Um, yeah, it just really was an eye-opening experience to really realize what I was doing.
0: Tell people you know. what what was happening and what okay. the, yeah.
1: Um, so, pretty much, um, hanging out with my friends, I was driving home, making the decision to if I wanted to go use drugs or not, and I was driving home and I, all of a sudden, like, I'm just in traffic, and I hear you know, someone yelled my name and I look over and it was, it was Todd and Madison in the mm-hmm. front seat. And I I was in and out of here a little bit. Um, you know, like I said before, working on very surface level things yeah. and, um, didn't really work out for me, but so I look over and, you know, it was you and you guys are yelling and, um, you asked me if I was okay in the middle of traffic, and I think you did ask me to come in, maybe, back to racing for recovery. And um, I drove off, and I was thinking, like, wow, that that just doesn't happen. Not a th- something's going on, you know. Something um, is trying to tell me something, and it I it was just eye opening, and it was like. What are you doing right what do you what am I really doing here? and I don't know, it just really made me think and sooner or later, I then came back to racing for recovery.
0: You know, I had forgotten the minute details that you just talked about right there and but there's a couple of key points in there, right I was living if if Madison was in the car with me. I assume I was living this way for quite some time, which is an example. Um, you mentioned you were about to call somebody, so yeah. again, we're talking about non-proper peers, yeah. a non-productive yeah. environment that leads to unhealthy thoughts. Right, And then you can call it, look, man, you can call that God, spirituality, right. whatever word you want to put in there, just two people living a certain way. But when you see the message in there, it gives us and we're a big believer in choice. Yeah. And right there it is. That is a cognizant choice that you made not to do that negative thing.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, if that wouldn't have happened, I hate to even think like that, but Mm -hmm. we don't know where, I don't know where I could be today. So um, I'm just so thankful to be in this position that I'm in and, um, living the life I have, uh, man, it's, it's incredible. Um, but I do want to talk about, you know, there's still so much work that I have, like, you know, even having five years, there's still Mm -hmm. so much work that I'm still unraveling of like, man, it's a every day it's a constant battle you know mentally um, handling emotions mm-hmm. you know and it's I don't know I always I don't know why I always think this but it's like oh as soon as I hit like a certain amount of time like mm-hmm. everything will be alright
0: nope.
1: after one year my emotions and they'll all be sorted out and it's not like that and Which is sometimes like, I don't know, it's kind of like upsetting, but there's a point where it's like, man, at least I can put in the work today to make things better, you know? I don't want anything handed to me, you know? I want to work for everything that I have.
0: Dude, talking to you like this is clearly another example of the difference of time mm. not about look at me I have a certain amount of time but what right. I'm what I'm overcoming in the time what I've learned in the time right, right? and that that is another example of that think how right. early on a lot of times people will they'll either demand it mm. or they put these you know expectations yeah. on it and it's it can be catastrophic right as opposed to accepting it for what it is and doing something productive with it
1: man and I you know expectations is another thing you know just like you said um, just so many different aspects that I had to really realize and work on um, to kind of I don't know make myself live more in reality okay and it's like Okay, I'm here. Everything's fine. I'm happy today. That's it. Like, as long as I'm happy, everything everything else is fine.
0: That's right. Do you? So you did. You worked here for a, a period of time, and I'm interested yeah. in, you know, because look, I, I've heard people, and they're two weeks sober and detox, are talking about being counselors yeah. and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Um, And then there's people who, like yourself, who come through Racing for Recovery, they do great, and they want to work here, and they do. Again, with your level of where you've been um, in recovery, you worked here, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you chose to go in another direction with that. So I'd like to know, like maybe your mindset of oh this is going to help me find peace and then right. you find out well maybe this isn't the field i wanted to get into right. what was that experience like
1: um man it's just just like everything listening to yourself you know listen to how you feel what makes you feel good doing anything physically um You know, if that's reading, writing, if that makes you feel good, go for it. Do it if it's helpful. Um, I've always enjoyed helping people. Um, That's always been something I've, I don't know, that I'm passionate about. Um, But, you know, it, it takes time before you can actually... You need to learn about yourself you know, before truly being able to help anybody else.
0: What was, when you were working here, what was the, what were some of the great things that you saw or felt or Mm. did?
1: I think the, the great things were, I would say seeing the passion in people, you know, finding something that they enjoy and just like going for it. And once you see that kind of gleam in somebody's eye, where they're like, man, this is what I love to do, and they just go for it, and it, it works out, it's so rewarding. Because um, I know for myself, it's probably the same way for that person that helped me start working out for the first time, yeah. you know? And, you know, there's people even to this day that probably don't even know they helped me, like, push myself physically. Yeah. You know, and I just I don't know, I just think that's it's really rewarding.
0: what did we really don't give advice here, but like what would you we've we've just hired a couple newer success stories mm. you know um close to a year and a half of sobriety, each of them came right. through racing for recovery right what would you say to them about working here that could be helpful to them
1: mm. I would say not trying to give advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but however uh, you know, listening and being patient are two big things. Yeah. You know, two um very key words to to um working in a field like this.
0: It's different coming in for help in this field. Yeah. Versus uh, working at, well, we don't, I don't think we work, we're privileged to do this, right. but being in this in service, it's a, they're two totally different things. Right. And I don't, I think that's something that people don't really understand. You know, it's like winning the lottery, <laughs> but understanding you got to control your spending.
1: Yeah.
0: And your people are like, well, what do you mean? The money's going to be there forever. And right. it's like, well, why are you broke two years later? I mean, it's right. different than what a lot of people think. That's been interesting for me to watch because I I didn't know because when we got out here we we just started and let it rip, right? But I would hear people that say this is different than I thought now that I'm working here and I'm like it is. It is. Yeah. What and what are you doing now? What's going on uh, work-wise?
1: So, I am working at Basil Pizza Wine Bar. Um I'm a chef there. Uh so I kind of just cook food. Um you know, help out my um coworkers you know put out a great product, and we have a lot of different options we offer vegan options and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is awesome and yeah, that's pretty much it i mean
0: and you came from that background too, even yeah. during the the not so good years yeah, so what's it like to be back in that with a clear head
1: um it's it's different um the environment that I work in is is a fast-paced environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody is super um, supportive, you know. And, you know, especially on my background, I let people, you know, I let them know. Um, and they're very supportive with that. And I find that there's a lot of people that have gone through the same thing.
0: There's you know? another so another co-worker who's gone through this who works out there oh yeah I'm sure well we're not going to say that we'll leave that person a name yeah (laughs) but I remember when I was in there last and this person came up and gave me their resume (laughs) stuff of how good they're doing and talked about being here and stuff and it was it's like it's great yeah you know definitely where do you see what does the future hold I mean you're in a healthy relationship you're working what where's Um, your future
1: You know, I think the future for me definitely, um, man, it's hard to even tell, but I'd want to say career-wise, a better career, um, a well-rounded person, um, yeah, I mean, continue to do what I do. And continue to find passion um hopefully you know obviously maybe one day get married have a family um and just continue to love life
0: awesome dude i'm proud of you man yeah it's i mean you're you did it and you're doing it yeah you know what is there any final thing you want to say to everybody? What would um, I tell you what? Speak like you're speaking to your former self first first understanding that you needed some help. Talk to that pers- that young kid out there who's going through that. What would you say to him or her?
1: I would say Okay. I would say be open-minded. Be open-minded to everything um, in life, whether that's in recovery, out of recovery. Um, don't underestimate your abilities. Know that you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. And you're a valued person.
0: Well said. Dude, thanks a lot for coming on here. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah.
1: I appreciate you having me.
0: All good. Um, Another great episode of Ignite Euphoria. Check out other episodes of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you or a loved one are looking for help, give Racing for Recovery a call, 419-824-8462. Until next time, have a great sober day.